Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, nice guys and food groups. I'm helping men who have essentially given their power away to their relationship, their partner, really anything outside of themselves, and they feel kind of drown like they feel like they're drowning. Right? That's why it's nice guy reform school. These are guys that will go above and beyond to cross all of their T's and dot all of their I's and do everything. And they're completely lost as to why that didn't accomplish or get them the results that they thought it would. So ironically, that actually makes women more attracted to you because they see a leader. They see a man that they can follow. They see a man that knows who he is. They see a man who's in his power. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share, leave a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So have you ever wondered if you're being too nice and that that might be the thing that's holding you back? Our first guest says that absolutely can be the case and that being too nice can keep you from achieving personal and professional success. She's the founder of the Nice Guy Reform School. This is Ashley Cox. What's wrong with nice guys? There's nothing wrong with nice guys if they're happy. That's true. There, there are a lot of nice guys that are very, very unhappy because they're being nice so as to get a different need met. Like um, they're being nice so someone likes them or they're being nice so they're validated or accepted or respected or so they can get what they want. And they don't realize that they're inherently powerful and lovable just as they are without having to perform or provide value to be loved. So when you say about like nice guy reform school, like what are you doing? So I'm helping men who have essentially given their power away to their relationship, their partner, uh, it could be a business partner, it could be an intimate partner, their wife, really anything outside of themselves. And they feel kind of drowned, like they feel like they're drowning in it right? They, they're doing everything they can do. They're not taking any time for themselves and they're not getting their meet, their needs met in return. They're not being appreciated. They're not being valued. In fact, they're usually being, usually getting disrespected, undervalued, underappreciated, taken advantage of. So I'm helping them understand the difference between being in their power and loving themselves and how to get their needs met that way versus getting their needs met by putting their power and their energy into something outside of themselves so as to, you know, hope hope they get a return back and usually they don't. Are we talking about people who are just nice by their personality or like that is my fundamental nature or people who have kind of become nice because of society? Yeah, so there's nothing wrong with being a nice person, right? And when I say nice guy, it's in quotes because I'm talking about essentially a fawn trauma response. So there's four trauma responses, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And the fawn trauma response is referring to a people-pleasing habit. It's a form of codependency. And 
I think there's a difference between being kind and being nice. So sometimes the kindest thing I can do is be honest with you, right? Being nice is essentially being overly concerned with how you view me or how I'm impacting you to the point where I abandon myself. If I'm doing it to receive validation, attention, love, approval, respect from you. Where does this kind of then translate in people's lives? So it looks like taking better care of other people than you do yourself. So a lot of times what I'll see is men who say, I've done everything for this person and I've gotten nothing in return. In fact, she hates me (laughs) and she's disrespectful. And so they're very confused around um, and as to why they're doing all of these things for this person or this woman. Um, And like I said, it could be a business partner too. It could be a company and they are not seeing the ROI that they thought they were going to see. They gain weight, they become depressed, they become bitter. Um, and then sometimes they'll go to therapy and they don't feel they they find that that doesn't help because the therapist will say something like, "How was your week?" And it's just another week of kind of having an existential crisis. And so they don't really have the words for that, right? It's just um, it, it goes it, it's it's deep. It's very, very deep in someone's system uh, when they've been living like this for a long time. When do you think this kind of started? Are you seeing more of it now or? I think it started with, this is just a theory. Um, really when the feminist movement started, there've been three waves of feminism. And I would say it probably started with the second second wave. Um, and it's just gotten worse with the third wave. I don't think there's anything wrong with the feminist movement. In fact, you know, when I was a kid, I had like a Rosie the Riveter poster in my room. I was, you know, very independent. I grew up in a household of of all women. Um, but I think what it's done is, one, the patriarchy have taught men um, that they had to protect, they had to provide, sometimes even give their life, and they weren't allowed to cry about it. They weren't allowed to have feelings about it. So we're, we expected them to be robots, And I think that's where a lot of men got their definition of what it meant to be a man as a societal programming of if you protect, if you provide, um, if you give your life, if you sacrifice, if you're a martyr, then and and you don't cry about it and you suck it up, then that means that that's what makes you a man. And unfortunately, the human body, the human brain, it doesn't work that way. We have emotions and you either express them or repress them. Those are the only two options. So men have essentially become these pressure cookers. And when we add the feminist movement on top of it, women are saying, you know, these men have become pressure cookers and they've they've traumatized, some men have traumatized women because of it. So when they were repressing their emotions, um, it it essentially built up, built up, built up. And the man either exploded and, and traumatized the woman through abuse or something like that. Or he completely shut down. And then the woman didn't have a man in her life that was standing up for her. And so what ended up happening was um, a a lot of men in the world, they either blew up or they shut down. And the women are saying, oh, my gosh, now we're traumatized because the fathers are either absent, emotionally unavailable, shut down, you know, a pushover. They didn't protect me. They didn't provide for me. Or maybe they provided for me, but they didn't protect me. Um, or my father blew up and, you know, he was insane or an alcoholic or whatever, it, you know, whatever it is. And so then men really don't know what to do with this because they don't, a lot of men don't want to hurt women. 
And so the re- the natural reaction is, okay, well, I don't want to be the, you know, abusive alcoholic man. And I don't want to, I don't want to hurt these women even, even more. So I'm just going to kind of play small and play safe and, um, let's, you know, give the women what they want and make the women happy. And, um, you know, they've been through so much and they think that that's, what's going to get them love and respect and validation. And, you know, they'll kind of run off into the sunset because they were the good guy. Right. But that's not really what women want or need. Is this, I mean, I feel like from friends of mine and just seeing stuff in the media that the men have this kind of confusion about like, well, what am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be the man that my father was, was like this tough, aggressive take charge? Or am I supposed to be this sensitive, empathetic person? Do you, is there any kind of confusion that you see amongst men about like, well, what am I supposed to be now? A hundred percent. That's why I do what I do. I like to call it the third way where you kind of, where you blend the two, right? Um, where you're not a pushover, you're in, in control, you're in charge of your life, and you have an open heart, you're emotionally healthy, you can process emotions in real time, you can hold space for her emotions. It doesn't mean you have to hook into them or emote with her, but when a man can't hold his own emotions, which we haven't really taught men or boys how to do, in fact, we've made it wrong for them to have emotions. And so when we increase a man's bandwidth to process and hold space for their own emotions, they can then be more present with a woman as she has her emotional experiences. They can be kind of like a tree, like rooted, grounded, present. But a man who can't hold the space for his own emotions will react poorly to a woman who's emoting. And he and he'll struggle to set boundaries with her. So it's one thing for her to have her emotional experience. It's another thing for um, her to have poor behavior. And so what we want, right, because she's angry or something, right? So what we want is a woman who feels safe enough with a present powerful man to emote and tell him how she feels and what she wants without blaming him, shaming him, or abusing him. And so if the man can stay present and grounded, kind of that bad boy confident energy, right? If he can stay there and in it with her and present, but not hook in, not react, and set healthy boundaries around her behavior. So I'm here, I'm present, I'm not afraid, I'm confident, and I care. But what you're not going to do is attack me, blame me, shame me, abuse me, because you're hurting. It seems like a fairly simple thing, right? Essentially stand up for yourself. But why do men have trouble doing that? There are a lot of reasons, but I think one of the biggest ones is in the middle of an emotional situation, it's essentially both people's inner children coming out. And so what what ends up happening is um, the, the woman is kind of when she's emoting and she's angry and she's upset, he probably did something that triggered, you know, some sort of abandonment wound that she has, right? Something from her father, um, it could have been something as simple as, you know, he left the socks on the floor <laughs> and he's completely lost as to why she's so angry. It's never about the socks, right? It's about, you know, maybe she doesn't feel cared for. Maybe she doesn't feel seen. Maybe she doesn't feel heard. And that could go all the way back to her childhood. And so her brain starts to make all of these connections. And then before you know it, she's three years old again. And she's acting like a three-year-old. <laughs> and same thing for him when she goes to that space it's really easy for him to take it personally because men really want to please women. 
I don't think women understand how men are literally designed to respond to us. They're, they're designed to respond to our emotions. They're designed to, the, to want to please us. And so when a woman is upset and angry, a man immediately, it's very easy for a man to immediately take it personally and make and think, I must not be enough then. I've done all these things for you. Like, how can I, I, I can't figure this out, right? And he starts to personalize it. And then what happens, he goes into, he gets upset. And then he turns into his three-year-old that wasn't enough or wasn't seen or wasn't heard. Um, and And so really it's kind of like he's viewing her at that moment as, almost like a mother figure who he's trying to get accept- uh, acceptance, validation, respect, approval, love from, and just can't. So how did you get started in this? So it's a little bit of a long story, um, but for nine months I was dating and I <laughs> I uh, went out on a date with a guy that owned a law firm who was about my age. Um and later in the in the evening, we were lying on the couch, and I had my head on his chest. We were fully clothed. We had really just met a couple. I mean, we but maybe this was like the second or third date, and he started crying, and I was like, "Wait, are you are you okay?" And then he, before I knew it, he was in the fetal position, and I was, you know, I was very confused too. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, look, right. I'm not the smoothest guy in the world, but. Like, I, I can i'm better than that at the very least but anyway yeah. go on it was, it was crazy it was crazy um and think about it i mean if you if you're the owner of a law firm that's a lot of pressure right and uh i something about me something about my energy was very calming for him and it, it felt safe for him and he essentially started to kind of open up um and all of his kind of repressed emotions started coming out. They weren't necessarily bad. It was just like, he said it felt like he was on a mushroom trip. Then it happened again. And so I went into this kind of deep meditation for three weeks. I was walking around Houston. I would walk for five or six hours every day, just thinking, meditating, connecting. And what came to me was that the patriarchy has hurt men just as much as it's hurt women. I mean, having so much pressure on you right, is, is not easy. We see it in the suicide rate. So uh, the suicide rate is almost four, for men, is almost four times out of women. Uh, they, have, they have no outlet for their emotional expression. I want men to have spaces where they can go process safely without feeling guilty about it or without feeling shame around it. When people come to you, what's usually like their main reason for coming? Like, is there a specific area where they say, I need help with this, or this is the difficulty that I'm having? Typically, they are looking at divorce. They're separated, or they're thinking about being getting separated. Their wife isn't happy. Or this is their third or fourth toxic relationship, quote unquote, toxic relationship. And they have no idea what's wrong and what's going on because they're doing everything by the book. They're checking all the boxes, right? That's why it's nice, Guy Reform School. These are guys that will go above and beyond to cross all of their T's and dot all of their I's and do everything by the book and everything correctly. And they're completely lost as to why that didn't accomplish or get them the results that they thought it would. And they were told it would essentially, um, if you're, if you're just this kind of person, you know, be, be this man and a woman will be lucky to, to be with you. Right. And they don't, they find that that's not the case. They find that they get taken advantage of, 
um, like I said, disrespected, sometimes cheated on. Is this the kind of thing like in the professional environment, right? Like I remember in my former career, I said yes and I would do everything. But then when I started saying no, I suddenly got farther ahead in my life. It, did, can this kind of translate into people's professional careers? Absolutely. So my whole thing is when a man, so what I like to do is have men heal from their toxic relationships and use those same skills that they learn to catapult their business. So typically my client will come in healing from a toxic relationship in a toxic relationship, very confused. And by the time he leaves, he feels a thousand percent better and he's, anywhere between doubled or, um, you know, kind of quadrupled his business just by just by doing nothing other than mindset work, healing, opening up, setting boundaries. It's pretty incredible. There's absolutely a relationship. This is one of those things where I could see playing devil's advocate. Some people listening to this and being like, oh, she's right on. And some people listening to me like, what are you talking about? I get that a lot. People said, well, what's wrong with being nice? Like, screw you, lady. <laughs> I get that. Um, and, and my own partner said the same thing. We had a little a little debate about it. There's nothing wrong with being nice. When I say, quote unquote, nice guy, I'm talking about, like, again, the fawn trauma response. I'm talking about codependency. I'm talking about taking better care of other people than you do yourself. And we've made that socially acceptable for men. And so it can be confusing because it's like, well, I've been told to be nice. I've been told not to be an asshole. I've been told to, you know, open doors for women. There's nothing wrong with that, right? It's about the intention. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it because someone told you to do it and because you think it's going to make you a good guy and make people like you? Or are you doing it because you're already in your power, you can set boundaries if you want to, and you're actively choosing to show up and serve and protect and provide because that's who you want to be? And it doesn't matter to you whether or not someone validates you or approves you or even thanks you for doing what you're doing. This is just who you are as a person. And I think it's important to look at those intentions. So I was looking at your website and I saw some things. I'm like, okay, I don't even know what those words necessarily mean. So I'm just going to ask you. Okay. Uh, so quantum self-mastery. So that's the name of my company. And Nice Guy Reform School is a program underneath that company. And... I've called it that because I do a lot of meditations with my clients and we essentially access what I call the zero point field, which is where infinite possibilities exist. And it's where a lot of healing can happen. So in that space, there's no time. Um, there, there's, there's kind of, it's, it's like a field of nothingness and everything all at once. And I'll take men into these meditations where they meet their higher self, they meet their shadow self, they meet their inner child, and they do something called parts integration, which is when we experience trauma, we essentially break off like a, a piece, a little piece of ourselves kind of gets stuck in time because our brain can't process whatever it is, especially as children. And so we go back to that, to the root of that behavior, that feeling, and we process it properly. But we have to go into the subconscious mind to do that. So 95% of your behavior is subconscious. And the subconscious mind, there's something called the collective unconscious. The subconscious mind is related to the collective unconscious. It's kind of this field that, it, that um, connects us all. And so when I go into my subconscious mind, I'm essentially accessing that quantum field, the part of life that we 
we can't see, but we know it's there. We can feel it. There's, you know, life force moving through us. There's infinite possibilities. You can look at nature. You can look at the abundance of the universe and see that there's something really wonderful at work. So we go into that place and we access those emotions, those memories, those feelings, and we work through the root of those because in that place, time and space doesn't exist. So I go back to the point of injury, the point of creation, the point of, you know, wherever that belief started that wasn't true. And I work through it there, which then has a direct effect on my present day emotions. It kind of works forwards and backwards. So they'll come out of those meditations having kind of gone gone in to retrieve a part of themselves that they didn't even know broke off when they were three or five or six. Whenever there was something as a child that there was, you know, guilt or shame around that they were rejected for and they thought, oh my gosh, in order to survive in society, I have to get rid of this part of myself or they just couldn't process the pain. So we go in and we collect those pieces and we get back to their soul blueprint, which is kind of the part of the, the version of them that has no fear. The shadow expert part. So what is a shadow expert? It's essentially the parts of ourselves that we repress. So for example, if as a child, my parents didn't like it when I played because maybe my parents were anxious and they thought that they had to function or perform in a certain way in order to get by in life. And so they thought they were doing me a favor by raising me up to be serious and work hard and not play and to focus. And so as a child, in order to stay in connection with my parents, which is in my best interest, so it's in my best interest to essentially cut myself off from the parts of me that they can't handle or that isn't within their um, kind of scope, right? So if, if I get in trouble for playing or laughing or whatever it is, and I realize that I'm going to lose connection, I will essentially repress that part of myself so as to stay in connection with them. Or let's say it was the first time I um, I saw my dad's porno magazine when I was eight or something, and I have guilt and shame around it. I might repress that kind of memory or that part of myself in order to function as – continue to function in their presence, continue to function as an adult, right? Just kind of put it out of my mind. Um, and so it's coming back into the fullest ex- expression and fullest spectrum of yourself and removing that guilt and shame so as to allow everything to flow more smoothly in your life. Can people take this too far? Right. Well, I'm supposed to be me. But what if internal you is just an asshole? Because I don't feel like that's going to get you very far either. Right. My psychopath clause, if you are born without empathy, I'm not talking to you. Um, there's professional help for that. But if you're a normal, you know, if you're a functioning human and you have empathy and you are mindful and you have some asshole like tendencies, typically anger is associated with anxiety or pain. And that is, again, that's a trauma response. So that's what I'm doing with people is I'm like, I would look at what's pissing that person off and get to the root of the anxiety, get to the root of the pain, go back to the memory where that essentially was programmed. And I would make it conscious so they can reprogram themselves and not have that anxiety and not have that pain. The anger is essentially a secondary emotion. So I'm getting to, I want to get to the primary emotion and get underneath it. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Yes. Can I get myself out of the friend zone? Yes. 
how? <laughs> yeah, so that starts, again, it starts with you actually detaching from needing something from that person and putting your, your power outside of yourself, right? So if you're getting something, if you're getting rejection reflected to you, if you're getting um, kind of a lack of approval, a lack of validation, uh, a lack of attractiveness, like someone being attracted to you, there's something in you, again, it goes back to the guilt and shame, you're playing small, there's something in you that's actually rejecting yourself. And that person is an external mirror for where you're rejecting yourself. And you're not fully accepting yourself, you're not being, you're again, you're not being in the fullest expression of yourself, you're not in your power. And so I, what I love for men to do is be unapologetically honest and unapologetically themselves. And when I say honest, I don't mean like you were saying earlier, I don't mean um, to intentionally be an asshole to intentionally hurt people. And like, that's not what I mean. But I mean, don't say yes, if you don't mean yes. So say yes, when you mean yes, say no, when you mean no, have reasons for things, have values, have standards, have priorities, and to not lose yourself because you want someone to like you. So ironically, that actually makes women more attracted to you because they see a leader. They see a man that they can follow. They see a man that knows who he is. They see a man who's in his power, who, again, isn't outsourcing his self-esteem. I'll paraphrase this massively. But is that why there's always these memes of like why guys complain about women seem to be gravitate, gravitate towards the man who treats them like crap? It's essentially the closest we can come to uh, uh, someone who's completely honest with us, unfortunately. And I know it sounds ironic because those guys lie as well, but it feels safer to know that this is a man who is willing to fight when he needs to fight, who's um, who can be scrappy, who can be honest. Unfortunately, a lot of those guys, again, that's their own trauma response. Um, that's their own way of protecting themselves, essentially. And I would say they're not actually emotionally available. So what we really want is a man who can do all of those things, who can lead, who can fight, who can protect us, who's a, like kind of has that warrior energy, but who has an open heart and his boundaries are healthy. They're not to keep people out, not just physically, but when he's emotionally available, it allows us to feel emotionally safe with him as well. And that's a great way to turn a woman on. I get the idea like, why do some women gravitate towards assholes? Well, because they're showing their true personality as opposed to somebody who's pretending to be nice. And like, well, what are they really like? I do want to add something to that. So women, when they're ovulating, they're more attracted to your traditional alpha male. And when they're closer to their menstrual cycle, they are more attracted to your traditional like beta or nice guy, which is really fascinating. So it speaks to the, it speaks to this kind of evolutionary concept or um, kind of just human nature we are attracted to men who, when we're ovulating, we're attracted to men who can protect and pro protect us and provide for us in the event that we have a child. And that is more valuable in our mind than a man who is compassionate because it's a survival skill. Where are men generally too nice? When they are trying to gain a woman's approval and attention. What do women think about this? At first, if the woman is the partner of someone who's enrolling, they can be skeptical and go, oh my gosh, who is this lady and what does she want? And by the end, they are, you know, they want to send me like thank you cards because their man is 
showing up powerfully. He's setting boundaries. She can respect him. She can relax around him. She can express her emotions without triggering him. She can express her emotions without him blowing up or shutting down. He's just in his power more. That's the the only way I can put it. He's taking her, you know, I have clients that will haven't really poured into their wives in years. And all of a sudden they take her to trips, you know, they take her to Italy or Sicily or give her spa days. um, And just under, they understand the importance of helping her relax and making her feel cared for and safe and protected and provided for. And all at the same time, you know, and be the importance of them being emotionally available at the same time. Um, And for all of that love to come from a place of wholeness and goodness and without any sort of underlying intention of trying to get something from her. It's just because I love you and I want you to feel cared for. I want to pour into you. And it helps her feel completely relaxed, completely safe to see her man in her power and actively choosing her for the first time sometimes in years. And that's something else that I did want to add in is the power of decision making, the power of being decisive. Leadership is vulnerable, right? And you have to be decisive to be a leader. You may make the wrong choice, and that's okay. You have to be willing to to take that fall. And women want to feel chosen. So a man choosing a woman is a form of leadership, and it's hot. It turns her on. It makes her feel extremely loved. And so for her man to go from fawning, people-pleasing, not setting boundaries, not being decisive, to all of a sudden setting boundaries, being decisive, choosing her, pursuing her, going all in, that just lights her up and helps open her up. And so by the end, the women love it. Uh, although in the beginning, I think everyone's a little confused. Can women benefit from it, right? Because it's nice guy reform school, but are women too nice too? They are. It's a say, It's very similar when it comes to anyone who is codependent, anyone who's people-pleasing. They become bitter. They become depressed. Um, they don't want to try again. They're shut down. They're frustrated. They're not sure what they're doing wrong. I've, I mean, I used to be that woman, right? So what I help men with is something that I used to struggle with, especially in my early 20s. For me, it was also a trauma response. I had very strict parents, specifically a very strict mother. And I thought I had to be a certain way. And I, ha- I thought I had to be providing value to receive love. And unfortunately, I abandoned myself in the meantime. And I didn't get the results that I thought I was going to get by being perfect. And eventually I had to learn to just be myself and that that was just enough. That was, that was enough. What, what's kind of coming up next for you? Like if, how can people get a hold of you? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So I have a lot going on this year. I'm doing corporate retreats for executives. I'm working with executive clients one-on-one uh, in a corporate capacity. And I also still have my private practice. So if you want to book a call for my private practice, you can go to quantumselfmastery.com and there's a book now button. You can find Nice Guy Reform School on all social media platforms. So you can find Instagram is Nice Guy Reform School. TikTok is Nice Guy Reform School. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Nice Guy Reform School. And when it comes to the corporate, what you could do is you can use those same buttons just to get in contact with me. You could email me and let me know that your corporation is looking for someone to help men with their relationship issues so they can get back into their executive functioning in the boardroom and not be distracted by being emotionally flooded. I want to thank Ashley so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media sites. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter 
TikTok, and Instagram. And we have also included her information in the episode description. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. I have to apologize, though. I messed up my audio. But I, I think this is one of the most interesting series of conversations that we've had in a long time. So stick around because we'd love to know what you think about these topics. As a 35-year-old man, would you like someone to tuck you in at night? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Uh, You're going to tell me you don't no. like it if your wife like comes and tucks you in, puts the sheet on. No, she ha- she's never tucked me in. She's never your wife has never tucked you in once. No, and never. Not like not even I not, like I've never even been in the bed when like she's pretended to make it, you know, or anything like that. I'm Have just, you ever asked? Have you asked to be tucked in? No, I don't really I can't recall a time where I've ever been tucked in. Is that a thing? Do people actually get tucked in? Well, your parents never tucked you in as a child. Well, I mean, you do it to kids, but like as an adult, like is that a thing? Do you are you supposed like have I been missing out for the last nine years with my wife? I'm a little bit worried. I'm not entirely sure which one of us is going to be the weird one here, because I've been tucked in before. I'll be like, hey, can you put the sheets on? You tuck me in before you leave. Oh, am I, I the weird one? I I I've, I don't. I don't know what to add to this. I mean, my, I guess I would be interested to what others think if that's – I don't think it's weird. I just don't know if it's normal. Mm, which would that's a good way of putting it. You've never had any interest. Like your wife gets out of bed. You're still in bed. She gets the sheets off. You're like, hey, you want to put the sheets back? Nothing, huh? No. But, well, no, I don't know. She's never tucked me in. I, I But I, I'm, I'm trying to think back to any time where maybe she even – put a blanket on me or anything but i don't even recall that but i'm sleeping so how would i know that's a good point that's good <laughs> interesting i don't, I don't think, know which one of i don't think you're odd. weird though yeah i don't think you're odd i don't think it's weird do you i, I do have to ask uh, when you do get tucked in are you like is it the full like you know all the way up to your neck and everything else is tucked in it's or? all the way up to my neck right it's all the way up to my neck and then I want, I want like, like the little, like the burrito to be made. Like you got to sandwich me in there on both sides. That's what I enjoy. Hmm. It makes me feel loved and respected. <laughs> it, uh, I don't know if I'm asking this. Is there more than one blanket that you're tucked in under? Or is it just like the comforter? I mean, we're not talking about a ridiculous amount of blankets, but I've got the sheet and then the comforter. Okay. So, I mean, it's not like there's a third. I'm, I'm, now, if there was a third, we'd be like, oh, come on now. We're just getting a little fucking ridiculous here. How much would you criticize me if I told you that we have a sheet, a blanket, a heated blanket, and a comforter all on my bed currently? What temperature do you keep your house? Uh, 66. I'm going to – 65, 66. I'm going to – your feet down and that you're spending a ridiculous amount on heating bills. Or you really need to insulate your house because there's no way that I can't call you a sissy for having four blankets on and having your house at 66 degrees. My house I'm looking around right now is set at 62 and I have a sheet and a comforter and I sleep in the basement. I guess I'm just a man. Wow. I I mean, what's it? maybe maybe I'm the problem. Yeah, dude, maybe my wife's ridiculous. I mean, I like it to be 70. Wait a minute. You get on four? Four layers. Do you have clothes on too? Because I sleep naked. 
one flannel sheet and a comforter and actually usually kick the comforter off about halfway through the night and go just one flannel sheet. No, I'm I, I'm I'm usually everything on shirt and shorts and everything. You have you got to toughen up, dude. That's ridiculous. How are you not just dripping sweat? Do you, I don't know. I don't. I don't. We've had. I don't. For being a big person, I don't sweat very much at all. Do you get hot easy? That's ridiculous. No, not really. Not. Not, not entirely. I don't know what is happening over there, but your blanket budget sounds like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Listen, don't like Kid Rock just said. Don't tell me how to live. Did Did Kid Rock just say that? I feel like he's been saying that. It's not like he just now decided to say that. He's been saying that. It's for a, a song, and it's. Uh, I know we have a lot of international uh, listeners, so I feel terrible telling you this. But if you want to laugh, uh, it'll change your life. Look up Kid Rock's "Don't Tell Me How to Live." I'm sure it's, a, it's terrible. I'm sure it's a well-balanced, thoughtful, well-thought-out song with a lot of good, thoroughly well-researched points. <laughs> There's a scene where he's like he's like riding a middle finger into space and holding a bottle of bourbon. Sounds kind of actually sounds kind of awesome <laughs> in that kind of way. I love something that's just he's so just... bad it's good. All right. Oh. I thought it was Weird Al Yankovic at first, but it wasn't. So that's how bad it is. All right, are we ready? We moving on already? Still waiting. Uh, so let's get some shout outs. Huh? We'll start off with uh, Ethan Webman. Appreciate you, Audric Brown, Catherine Robillard, uh, Terry Lyon, <laughs> Zachary. Every time, Anderson. it's like you've never heard any of these words before the way that you say it it has nothing to do with that person's name it's the way that you're like <laughs> i'm looking at my computer right sure shift i was fine Back until you space <laughs> dell can I... is that short for delete control finish the list? is that con con I'm... control control I'm gonna keep CTRLs. I'm gonna keep moving on. Uh, Adrian Sabrino, Salvador Zamora, uh, Oliver Ludden, Xavier Rodriguez, and Tori Kubik. Oh, so anyways, what, like what were you saying? Is that a man or a woman? Names that you can go. Tori is a good name. Like, oh, I like that name for both a man and a woman. Usually, those kind of interchangeable names aren't necessarily as great for one sex as they are for the other. But this one seems Tory is one that's good for both. I would also add Logan and Riley, who happen to be both my children. But I think those names are interchangeable for men and women equally as good. I don't think Logan is a good girl's name, but that's just. Oh me. no! When I think of a Logan as a girl, I'm thinking like a cool, like a fucker. Okay. All right. Well, you sold me that. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there's also Alex is a good one. Alex is a you yeah. Know, I would agree with that. Tory, Tory. Actually, I would say that if you were going to rank names, androgynous or whatever the word is, where it can be a man or a woman, names are usually pretty good names. Like you usually not yeah. you know in terms of like when you envision that person, it's usually not a douchebag. I uh, I'm glad we didn't name any specific names when you said that because you would have offended a whole name group there. So I'm glad that you didn't do that. I didn't. Just a good point, though. Think about it. Like, you can't really think of any... You don't have an immediate harsh reaction to any androgynous names, generally. 
Do you really keep your house at 62? Yeah. Is that normal? Am I am I the oddball? Like, is my wife like suffering or my kids suffering because I keep the house five degrees, four degrees warmer than well, you? They're do? not keeping it warm. They're suffering because you don't have the extra finances to go around. They're suffering because you haven't instilled in them a hardship towards the environment that they're going to need to survive. They're going to spend the rest of their lives needing perfect temperatures. It's got to be seventy-two, or they can't operate. This is what you've set up for the rest of your lives. You're raising a soft family. Jesus. Yeah. You're failing no. as a father. Your job as a father is to push your... <laughs> your job as a father is to prepare your children for the harsh outside world, and you're not doing it because you've got a little comfortable paradise set up in there. You're failing as a father. That's what it is. I, I honestly can't argue with what you just said. I, I can't. And we're about to bring a little boy into the, right? into the, into the world in July. You can't have him being pampered at 66. You got to turn that sucker down. I would, if I, if my wife wouldn't complain, I'd drop that sucker to 55. Well, that's extreme. That's not. That's a little not. extreme. Toughen up. For a reason. We bought him for a reason. Go put it on. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, hmm. Like I want to argue against you, but I just you I won't. There's no won't be a good argument. You can't because I indefensible. Hmm. That well, that's uh, huh. All right. Well, um, I don't I don't even know how to just bring this question up. But uh, anyways, uh, what's the more useless board game? Uh, uh, <laughs> chess, checkers. I, I have, for some reason when I went to say like, oh well, there's <laughs> a long delay. Well, because I had this thing, I was I was gonna try to recite that quote from Training Day. You know, this isn't. Oh, I see. Chess is checkered, but then like I I stuttered and then I stopped and then. Did you write oh, it down? God. Did you write the quote down, or were you just trying to memorize it? I was just trying to memorize oh, it because I saw the funny. the chess and checkers here, and I'm like, oh, what's that quote? And I totally butchered it. So what's your question? So, anyways, uh, chess, checkers, backgammon, or Monopoly? Uh, what what's the most useless? board game you've ever played out of those four backgammon is going to be the most useless one that i've ever played monopoly is a, is an institution and probably is the greatest board game next to only chess because chess teaches you to think checkers is just fun right it's like oh i can beat somebody at it but i don't have to try that hard have you ever have you ever gotten so angry playing it can be any board game to where you flipped the table no but i've had people lose to me at monopoly and throw a fit I actually had a break Yeah. Uh, did the did the breakup last? Did it was it like a no? It was breakup? one of those one breakups in which you break up, then you get back together later, a little while later. But you know that eventually the relationship will end. What would you What would you see yourself doing in a time of desperation? Okay, uh, being one of those people that stand outside of a phone store with a sign, you know, that says "Come in here now," like you know, free wireless for five ninety nine oh, or something. You, you see them on like the, the side. Word? Okay. No, 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 it's no. Like, I'm no, not, no. Why We're talking about something. Phone store. <laughs> no, man. You don't have to talk about the sign spinners, right? First of all, I'm not going to disrespect. I'm not going to disrespect people like that, right? I'm not disrespecting them. You said a, I, I you said, said a time of desperation. Desperation, right? You're saying that yeah, all these people I, are desperate out there. Maybe that's just what they I, like to do. Those people probably make just okay. the same amount of money as a lot of other minimum wage jobs. I don't see why you're disrespecting them by saying desperate. I'm not disrespecting. I'm not disrespecting anybody. Let's don't put words in my mouth. I'm just saying it doesn't look like an enjoyable time. Okay. 
I'd rather be, I'd rather so, be out there spinning signs. Think about it. You're outside. You're listening to music. You get plenty of people watching, and your boss isn't over there looking at you, making sure you're doing stuff. Right? It's not like you've got to produce a certain amount of results. It's like, hey, John, we really didn't get many customers in you from spinning that sign today. You better do a better job. Like, well, what do you want me to do? It's essentially, I would make an argument it's one of the best minimum wage jobs if you can think about it. You're outside. You're doing what you're listening to music. You're watching people. What's wrong with that job? Maybe the weather sucks. That would be the only thing. But you can prepare for that if you're not a softie yeah, I mean, who lives in a 66-degree house all their time. That's what's happening here. You haven't prepared yourself nor your family to have the hardship needed to exist in this world. Listen, first off, don't explain to me about hardships. We all have different hardships in our life. I Listen, you know what? I'm just going to move on. What I'm was not the actual gonna... question, though? Now I'm just... I was going to ask if, if what, like, what would you rather not do? Do that or be a, like, a mascot for, like, a pro sports team? I think those dudes actually are fair. I, th I want to say that they're much better compensated than you would think because you have to have a certain amount of athletic ability. And no, I don't think either are. I, that's are you not true. I remember seeing this thing. Uh, I remember seeing this thing that Arizona State University, for some reason, is known for who go on to be mascots like they are the number one mascot producing school in the nation i'm serious it's like a real thing and they probably i bet they make good money i just don't really want to talk anymore because i feel like everything i say is going to come out as me being you know some disrespectful uh, to people who do jobs you know, that you don't want to do upper upper yeah i i didn't say i well for <laughs> yes i will say i do not want to be a sign spinner and that has nothing to do with anything other than I just don't want to do it. All right. Uh, okay. Listen, I'm going to show you a picture and I don't know how this is going to resonate at first to our listeners out there, but uh, what do you think of that right there? That is a Oscar Meyer face mask, a baloney face mask. And I, I, I just saw that and I just wanted to talk about it with you because I, I don't. It's just, so it's just a face mask that they have. <laughs> just a, but it's in. The, it's a... <laughs> like this is my last thought. Like you're a little too entertained by it. I mean, it's just <laughs> right. I mean, it's, I okay. Did you ever have bologna growing up? Yeah, dude. Of course. Well, you say yeah, dude. I'm t okay. First off, take a first straw of all. Pool. I lived in a house that wasn't 66 degrees. My parents kept it at 78 in the summer. And then turned it off at night in the middle of 100-degree Kansas. So we just sweat our balls off. And they didn't turn it on until it was 55. Have I had bologna? What do you think? I was lucky to have bologna. <laughs> I, I don't even – I'm not – I don't want to – okay, fair enough. He was lucky to have bologna. I have become increasingly okay with just straight up picking my nose in public. I don't fucking care anymore. I have an issue. I let my nose hairs grow out too too long, and I've I've been told uh, by my wife that it's kind of disgusting and distracting. And uh, um, the only reason why she tells me is and why I don't think I've been told by other people is because I wear a mask. Uh, but I had nose hairs that were like they met, like they touched from each nostril. That's how long they were. That's disgusting. Time. You need to take better care of yourself. Okay, so our top five is top five food groups. What's your number five? Vegetables. Interesting. I could see vegetables 
But that's that's the appropriate place for vegetables, not on my list, because the only good vegetable I can think of is corn and potatoes. First off, props to you for not saying potato. I that is one of I cannot stand when people say potato. And if you say potato and you listen to this, just know that I secretly don't like you saying that. Uh, corn's good. I mean, broccoli's fine. Broccoli's Any vegetable right. is good if it's if it's cooked right. And by cooked right, do you mean smothered in cheese and other things, or do you mean actually just cooked right? Yeah, b- b- butter. I'm, I almost said balt. <laughs> butter. Is I hate people who say potato balt. <laughs> Dude, it, it's. Te- I'm sorry, but it's terrible. Hey, you going to get some sweet potatoes today? I don't know why I did it in a southern accent. Right, why don't but... you just make fun of the whole southern... Basically, why don't you just make fun of everybody who does a minimum yeah. wage job and everyone who lives in the south? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... I kind of fucked that Fucking up. Fucking northwestern hoity-toities over there. <laughs> Hoity-hoity-toities. The rainforest houses. Yes. Fucking don't don't you tell me about eating bologna, all right? Uh, so my number four is I can I facts. go? Do I get to fucking go, or do you just go all three? Oh no, bit? you didn't go. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, sorry. This is the John Show podcast. Podcast. I hope that we someday. I hope that we someday get like big enough where you can launch your own like subsidiary one, and then you misspell oh, it. And then, then, right, like, your whole intro is just like, welcome to the John Bull show. <laughs> just something's wrong about it. My yeah. number, but to get to the point. Okay, I fucked that up. Uh, my number five is facts. I would put facts all the way at the top if it wasn't for the, like, the medical repercussions of having facts up there, right? Like, it's so funny you have facts on the list because that's my number four. <laughs> yes, your number four is facts. <laughs> I yeah, like how you go and, vegetables then fats. Well, I mean, I agree with you that fats would be it would be an easy number one, but I'm trying to be a responsible human on this list and not put it at number one. So. Yeah, but if you were trying to be really responsible, wouldn't you just put it as number five? No, because vegetables don't deserve to be anything but number five, in my opinion. I, I wouldn't even say that they deserve to be on the list, but I used my categories as a little bit narrower, so I had more than five categories. Uh, my number four is fruit. Okay, so that's my number three. My number three is meat. I mean, you know we'll get the, that later for me. Right. That's kind of really I, – I don't agree. Meat should be top two at least. It should be. I disagree with you there simply because I think when you really think about it, then you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay, so that was your number three, right? Yeah, meat is my number three. Yeah, so meat's my number two. My number two is bread. I can't put okay. I can't put meat above bread. Bread to me is better than meat. So I, I put my number one is is I just have carbs, which include bread and grains and all that other stuff. Pasta. You fucked it up, man. You missed dairy. No, no. See, I dairy is it's, <laughs> this from the guy who drinks six glasses of milk a day. You're not going to have dairy on your list. First off, I don't think that was that awkward and i just i mean cheese yogurt and and milk to me is fine and it but it's it doesn't make the list the top five list for me Hmm. you gotta put carbs as number one because they're self-sustainable right self-sustainable yeah and then 
I just the, it's, you know. the the thing to me is like I agree with your argument, but I think that dairy ultimately vaults its way all the way up to number one because of cheese, which is incredible. I would rather have cheese than meat, and you've got ice cream in there. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to put eggs in dairy as well, just because that's where I feel it should go. When I think of eggs, I think of dairy because it's a I, farm. So I'm going to go with eggs. On personal life. Well, I, I, I consider it part of the meat group. I think by the food pyramid, it's considered part of the meats, uh, poultry, fish, whatever section. Uh, but for this list, sure, you can create whatever you want. That's where I'm going to go ahead and go with it. D, what do you have in your honorable mention? Technically, there's not any more food groups, but what would other groups of things would you put on there? So, I mean, like, I so I had dairy. Dairy I had on my honorable mention. Um I was trying to think of anything else uh, that I would put on there. I don't really have – I mean, nuts, I guess. I, then my problem with nuts is there's really only like one cashews and pistachios. Those are the only two nuts I care about. Well. Oh, well. And the other two nuts. <laughs> I care about those. Nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of nuts to care about around here. Yeah, but the only ones that I care about are – cashews and pistachios and any other kind of nut i really don't care i don't care about walnuts macadamia nuts i don't care about anything else have you ever tried them they're they're quite nice actually yeah dude i've had nuts before right i've had lots of nuts in my yeah. mouth oh i apologize for that that came out of nowhere no but i've had lots of nuts in my mouth and I didn't really think that any were very good, except for cashews and pistachios. Um, but there's so many. I mean, there's. I don't even need to get. There's so many good kinds of nuts out there. There's all. I, there's too many. Okay. 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 Um, my honorable mention. I don't care about vegetables. Nobody cares about vegetables except for corn and potatoes. I can do a carrot every once in a while. That's not too bad. I can. I'm okay with that. I've got nuts in there. I've got eggs. I would. I would. I like me some eggs. I mean, those are good. I'm, I'm back on the vegetables thing because I think vegetables, I, you have to have it on the list because they're once again they're it's self sustaining. You could live off vegetables if you had to. They're that important. Well, you could live off pretty much anything. No, I think if you ate you it, you can't live off cheese and milk. Oh yeah. Well, I think you could actually live. Well, I don't know, dude. We don't know. I mean, with that logic about stuff that you don't actually know about. So you're being brash again. Well, I mean, do you actually – you're going to tell me you need – you know the chemical makeup of people's dietary needs? You're going to tell me where you – you're going to tell me what vegetable you're getting riboflavin from? If I have cheese for 21 straight days straight, probably ended up in a yeah, That's true, too. My, Right? <laughs> yeah. But don't try to come at me and say, like, look, you're not getting any magnesium if all you have is bread. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know, know, man. I'm not a dietitian or a, exactly. That's all. Know? That's my only point. A healthitician. Okay, that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, please leave a review. We really appreciate it. it really helps us out. And let us know what you think are the best food groups. If anybody is honestly going to say vegetables, even if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, we fully support you in that. But you know vegetables aren't number one. Nobody's going to put vegetables at number one. <laughs>